I've heard of these college students, not here of course, but sometimes you go up to them and you ask them how they're doing and they have like two responses because sometimes they find themselves a little bit exhausted because they're not getting enough sleep and they're just a little bit burnt out already. And they answer these two questions, how are you? And they say, good, we're fine. Not here, of course, but other places. I've heard of that happening. But really, like, how are you? You know, we're a weekend and a half in, and if you're good or fine, I don't know, like, what college campus you're on because there's no way that we should really be good or fine because I don't know if you've walked around campus, but I always see uh, when I go around uh, I should say other campuses, but you get what I'm saying here. You walk around campus and you look at the houses and all the blinds are down, right? And that means people are probably doing something inappropriate and they're taking almost like your college education, your time here, and almost like flushing it down the toilet. In a certain sense, there's no way we should be good or okay or fine with that because that means um, students are probably drinking, impurity, and also probably doing drugs, just most likely. I'm not stupid to that. And they're hiding. But we've seen COVID cases going up. And in my heart, I don't know where this is coming from, but I don't know if, we'll, if the school will be open next week. I think you might be all online. I'm just going to make a prophecy of that. So I'm going to push a little bit with my homily today to maybe have us a little bit of, a little bit of a call to action because if we've gone in a week and a half of being here, almost up to 400 cases of COVID, like, that's not good. But we have to really take the reading seriously today. I just want to look at our first reading today because I think as we look at the prophet Isaiah, he just says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. You know, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life. Maybe as I get to know you, I'll be able to make that judgment. But like sometimes I just kind of wonder, like, what's your excuse as to why you're not more available to God? Like, in general, like, what's your excuse? What gets in the way? Because we really don't have any excuses not to be, like, madly in love with Jesus or spreading his good news. Because we have got apps. We've got lots of apps. You know, I'm a fan of them. I love apps. You know, we got two-day shipping on Amazon. You got Catholic radio, Catholic podcasts, talks galore, conferences galore, yet a lot of us were not really all in. But he's like right here. He's like right next to you. And Isaiah says, let the scoundrel forsake his way and the, and, and his, and the wicked his thoughts. He says, let him turn, which means the person who is not going to the Lord, you got to turn, you have to have a metanoia, a change of heart. Turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God who is generous and forgiving. And I think the problem for a lot of us, we think our sins are too big for God. If I go to confession, I'm going to scare the priest. By the way, you're not. I probably committed more sins than you will ever commit in your life. I'm not into competition, but just saying. But our God is so generous and forgiving. And the cross is always a reminder to you and me that there is not one sin that Jesus cannot forgive. Not one. Not one. And that shows how God thoughts, his thoughts are above our thoughts. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. He says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. 
The statistic that's in like going through my heart, um, Kyle, the focus missionary, told it to me earlier this week, and it's been kind of freaking me out. Because it says that a freshman, the first two weeks, the people you hang out with in those first two weeks will most likely, almost always, be the friends you have the rest of your four years of college. Which would mean that either you have friends that are going to lead you to Jesus or lead you to hell. You know, It's pretty black and white. But if that statistic is true, maybe before you point fingers and look at your friends, asking, am I leading my friends to Jesus or am I leading them in the opposite direction? Because you probably heard the saying before, you show me what kind of friends you have and I'll tell you what kind of person you are. Yet we're called into friendship with Jesus. But if we don't have friends, we can't do it. There's no way. Even God in Jesus had 12 apostles, right? To show you we got to be humble. It's okay to ask for help when things are not okay. When you have friends saying, hey, let's go party tonight. And you're thinking like, I can't. It's not prudent. I don't want to be the reason why this campus goes all online and shuts down and causes more students to fall into depression and loneliness and isolation and all the darkness that's associated with dorm life and being putting my blinds down. Because really, we should be proud of our relationship with Jesus. But on the other hand, like for the past six months, I don't know about you, but I've been thinking like, second coming, Lord, like any time now, right? <laughs> Maybe that's how St. Paul felt when he's talking about in, his, in our second reading. He says, for me, to, for me, life is Christ and death is gain. He says, if I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, but, and I don't know which I shall choose. So he's kind of like, because really, like St. Therese says, the world is thy ship, not thy home, right? So that means that you and I, newsflash, don't belong here. Um, we're made for another world and God gives us free will, but like the world is a ship and you have an opportunity to bring as many people with you to heaven to know this amazing love. But St. Paul's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of caught between the two. And he says, I long to depart from this life and be with Christ for that life is far better. But he says, yet I remain the flesh, that I remain the flesh is more necessary for your benefit, which is like showing how the Lord's ways are not our ways. The Lord is different. You know, and some of these ways of, of God are pretty obvious. It's never like God's will, like, hey, let's go get hammered this weekend. That's just probably not there, right? Pretty obvious one. But when you and I are called to know that there's a better life out there in heaven, right? but we are called to be here, that means it's not a mistake that you're here right now. Which means God has a plan for you. He's got a mission for you. He's got a calling, a vocation for you. And sometimes we have to like die to self. Not sometimes, we should always die to self, really. But we should die to self and look at how different God is. And we see that in the lives of the saints. And I want to just briefly... Um, look at a prayer that kind of has been rocking my world lately. It's not like super uh, new or anything, but it's from St. Francis of Assisi. It's, it's hit me all this whole pandemic time to show how God's ways are different. And this is as like, as he's dying, St. Francis of Assisi writes this. And a lot of people have made St. Francis of Assisi into like a bird feeder pansy saint. And I hate that. The dude was, he was tough. 
And we make him into this bird feeder saint, so people don't make him, like, don't take him really seriously. But he says, on his deathbed, O divine master, grant that I may, may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. And he says, for it is in giving that we receive. And look how different that is compared to the ways of the world. Our world says, consume, get more stuff. You know, uh, get the money, get the girl, or if you're a girl, get the guy, get married, just get more stuff, and then you'll be happy, right? But we hear it during Christmas, but sometimes we forget it, that it's, it's in giving that we receive. When you give yourself away. And he goes on further to say, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. Like, the world does not tell you that. <laughs> if someone has crossed you or has hurt you, what does the world say? Get them back twice as bad. Let's think of a, of a cocktail of anger, of bullying, of revenge on them. Because that'll make you feel better, right? But those are not the ways of God. In parting, we are pardoned. Then he says, it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. They were called to have a sacrificial life. And I learned that lesson in my freshman year in high school. Well, I heard it. And then I finally learned it like when I started discerning what God might want me to do in my life. My freshman year in high school, I had a teacher, and he was my physics teacher. I don't know how I passed that class. It was totally the grace of God. But he just said in that class, like the first day, he said, if you get anything out of this class, I want you to hear this. So I just kind of like listened. And he said, there are two types of people in this world. People that live for themselves and people that live for others. And I don't know why I heard that. It took like 10 years to go from like my head to my heart. But later when I was, you know, in seminary and thanking people who impacted me, he said, I knew you were listening that day. And he said, just to let you know, I, in the summertime, I serve at St. Peter's in Sheboygan, where I'm from. I had no idea he was Catholic. But he, he lived that. He lived a life totally for others. And it's, called, it's a call to generosity. Our God is so generous with us. You can never outgive God. But most likely for a lot of us, he's just asking for your time right now. I had the, two of the focus missionaries yesterday tell me, you've got to check out the Abiding Together podcast. You've got to check it out and listen to their most recent one. It's like a young mom, uh, a nun named Sister Miriam James, and then an older mom. I don't know their ages because I don't want to offend them if they ever end up listening to this. But in that podcast, Sister Miriam James, she said this. She said, if 2020 isn't a call to personal conversion, to examine our hearts, to turn away from darkness, and ask Jesus to heal us so we can love him, I don't know what is. Because it's not like it's just like the pandemic's hitting America. It's like hitting the whole world. So she said again, if 2020 isn't a call to personal conversion, to examine our hearts, to turn away from darkness and ask Jesus to heal us so we can love him, I don't know what is. And I would say like, absolutely. Like what more has to happen in the world for us to open our hearts to be different, to not go with the ways of the world? Like what does God need to do to kind of like wake us up? On a side note in that, in that podcast, this is a total side note. On a side note in that podcast, I learned something about women that I didn't really know it hap- actually happens. So if you listen to the podcast, they're in their eighth season, and this is like episode number one. 
And they're talking about, one of them was talking about how hard the summer was. You know, like they had May and June, you know, like restrictions, quarantine, all that stuff. They said it was cool playing games for a little bit, doing bonfires. And then she says, like, you know, towards the end of June and into July, I, I got really lonely. And she said, then I had to have, I had to ugly cry. So if you're a girl, maybe you know what that means, but apparently it's like where you cry for like two to five hours straight, which is like, as a guy, I'm like, what? Probably why I'm celibate, but, but she says like, that's the first time I did that in like 15 years, 15 years, right? And apparently if you ugly cry, like the next day when you wake up, you have to get like ice and put it in a bag and ice your eyelids and stuff because it's like so emotional so, and like you like pretty much like all the water goes out of your system and you have to like the puffiness you have to ice that and if you've ever ugly cried you know exactly what that's like it has nothing to do with anything i just thought i'd share that with you because it stood out to me <laughs> anyways i just want us to to focus back on, on one of the first things like i said like how are you like, apart from being good or being fine or being okay, like, how are you doing? Are you okay with how your life is, how your spiritual life is? Like, are you satisfied? Are you at peace? Are you living in fear? Or are you living in faith? Are you living in peace or anxiety? Are you living in depression or are you living in hope? And this is, this is a hard message for Americans because when we look at the gospel, you know, hear about Jesus, he's in this vineyard, he's like the boss, he's like the head honcho of, like, say, Home Depot in the parking lot, or Menard, just imagine that, for example. And he goes to the parking lot, and he picks up guys, and he says, I'll give you a just wage, you want to work? They say, yep. 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, goes out and gets all these people, and he gives them all the same wage. And as Americans, that, like, annoys us, because we do so many things by the sweat of our brow. I study, ergo, I get the grade, I earn that, right? I work the hours, I get the money. I do the workouts, I have a, have a good diet, I get the body. I earned it all. But the thing with our God is, you can't earn his love. You can't earn his love. It's his free gift to you and me. Even when you think you're unworthy, even when you think uh, God's not with you, uh, even when you think you're unforgivable, he still loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And he needs you to accept that. And some of us think like, you know what, well, I, I have family members maybe, and you're, or you're thinking I have friends on campus who are doing such horrendous things. There's no way. Trust me, I was one of those people. There is a way. The Lord can work through that. But if that's what salvation is, if that's what it means to be kept safe, it's a free gift. That means discipleship to follow Jesus Part with the free gift, that means it costs you everything. Your time, your money, what you do, like what you eat, everything. It, it, it transforms everything because the love of Jesus does that. The love of Jesus transforms all we do, all our friendships, transforms what we study, how we study, why we study. Transforms everything. Because a generous God would do that. And where that all comes to like an apex happens at this mass. Like the generosity of God is shown always in the mass. When on this altar will be bread and wine, 
through the power of his Holy Spirit and, and like through a totally unworthy priest such as moi, somehow the power of the Holy Spirit will become the body and blood of Jesus. His body, blood, soul, and divinity. And he wants to give himself, the God of the universe wants to give himself completely to you because he finds you worth it. He finds you lovable. He, you are the apple of his eye. And because you receive that love, he says, now you have to go out and give that love to others. And if you think you can do it alone, you're wrong. You need friendship. You need community. You need people with you. And it's okay to ask for help to say, hey, I don't, I don't know how to do that. That's why, we're, that's why the Newman Center is here. And none of us here are perfect, but we definitely want to walk with you and help you and encourage you to become a saint. You know, instead of escaping, it's about encountering. Instead of running, it's about slowing down and, and dealing with the real issues and not being afraid of asking for help. So you can learn how to give yourself away instead of constantly receiving. Because a generous God would call you to do that because he knows what you're made of. He knows that there is something in you that says there's better, there's more. And his body and blood transform things. They just do. So how are you? Like, really, how are you doing? Maybe you're thinking, I've heard this message before, and my answer is, I'm blessed. I'm unworthy, but I'm blessed. But maybe you're a little bit lonely. Maybe you're a little bit frustrated by seeing all these blinds down on campus, knowing that people could be totally ruining your time here. And I wouldn't be surprised if campus goes all online this week. I'm just throwing that out there. So I want to... I want to encourage you to do one thing really simple. It was encouraged in this podcast. There's there's an app out there and it's called the one minute pause. Like, can you give God like one minute a day this week? Can you start there? And then eventually give him three a day and then work up to five. And maybe you're thinking that's totally easy. But if you can't do something simple and small well, you're not gonna be able to do something large well, like share the gospel with others. Share the goodness with others. And like, does that anger you at all? That God wants you to start small? Or does it anger you that God's that generous? Like, does that stir anything in you? Because Jesus ends our gospel with, he says, what if I wish to give this last one the same as you? You know, someone who, you know, kind of steals third base, so to speak. Someone who comes in last moment. He says, am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? God is so generous. You can, he can do so much with just a minute of your time. He can do so much. But if we don't have a plan that not if, but maybe when the campus goes all online and maybe you're secluded and you don't have community and you maybe go, are tempted to go back in that dark place, we've got to have a plan because I can't hear, I'm, I'm okay, I'm good, when maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not fine. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm happy that, happy that God's ways are not our ways. I'm happy that he can take something totally complex and make it simple. I'm happy that you're here. And I pray to God that you know that you can come here anytime you want. 
And you know this becomes like your home, a place of recovery, a place of rejuvenation, a place of remembering, why the heck am I here? When you're maybe saying I'm good, but deep down I'm depressed or I'm lonely or I'm struggling. And you learn here it's okay to ask for help because the world says don't. That proves how God's ways are not our ways. So as far as the heavens are above the earth, are his ways above our ways. And praise God that his ways are better than our ways because that means there's hope for you and me. But you have to make a choice to accept it, to live it, and to give it away. Let us take a moment of silence just to ask God for maybe a little more hope, a little more courage to make a plan that if it does get shut down, if it does go all online, what is your plan? Could you just simply start by downloading an app called the One Minute Challenge and start with something so small? Because if we don't have a plan, you and I go wrong ways. If we do have a plan, that means we have hope, we have joy, there's a purpose to our lives. Let's just take a moment of silence to know that, yes, God's ways are not our ways. But thank God that his ways are better than ours. Amen.